You know, in 1934, Indiana Farm Bureau established a company to provide Hoosier farmers with better insurance options. And you know if you listen to this podcast who we're sponsored by, and that is your local agent, Travis Brett. And they now offer home, auto, life, farm and crop, business and renter's insurance, as well as other financial products to all Hoosiers. Their family has grown with agents and employees in all 92 counties in order to serve you where it's best for you. And for our area, that's Travis Brett. Travis and his team are true partners to the community. They live and work in this community and and serve and foster meaningful relationship with many local charitable organizations by supporting these partnerships through donations, contributions, employee volunteerism, and many, many other things. See them at their 304 JFK Avenue location in Lagodi, or give them a call, 812-295-3129, or check them out on their Facebook page. Home, auto, life, farm and crop, business and renter's insurance, one agent for all your needs. That's Travis Brett and Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance. Hey, this is Brian Emmons with Impulse Radio. Every time you hear that song, each and every Monday morning, you know it's time for Birdies, Bourbon, and Basketball. And you know what else they could be hearing? About your business. If you'd like to reach thousands of local listeners every single month, just like our title sponsor, Travis Brett and Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance does, Casa Sevilla, Country Oaks, give us a call, 812-363-3138, or just send us a direct message through either Twitter or Facebook, at B3Pod. We'd love to have you be a part of the Birdies Bourbon and Basketball family. This is Birdies Bourbon and Basketball with the... uh, Wearing his Grateful Dead t-shirt and Montreal Expo hat, like every great broadcaster should. Like every great broadcaster should. Todd Lancaster! I'm here. I'm back. voice of the Vikings. The voice of a generation, really. Mike DeCourcy. Pretty much the songbird of everybody's childhood right now. We should get t-shirts like Jordan got that just said, I'm back. For you? For everybody. I'm back you. I I'm was actually him. here last week. When just nobody could hear you. Yeah. That's not what I heard. Yeah. Boy, boy did I ever. Uh, that That's was, all right, man. I got home, and I don't. I still am not 100% sure what happened. I could hear you. The only way I could hear Mike was through everyone else's microphones, and it could have eh, maybe sort of kind of worked, but it would have been really, really annoying. So. Really? And you miss normal more than normal when you hear my voice, Todd. I introduced the topic of holiday world and family trips, and he cut a NWA worthy promo on holiday world that I'm so pissed that the world didn't get to hear. It was almost better, Todd, than the. And I know you're a big wrestling fan. It was almost a better promo than the Ric Flair spilled liquor (laughs) promo. So why don't we talk about the, the greatest event in sports ever? Last week in Dyersville, Iowa, the Field of Dreams game. If that didn't just, if that didn't make you 
Love ba- They could have screwed that up seven ways to and, Sunday. And shockingly, they didn't. In no they way, shape, everything. or form. And it was a great game to boot. Well, and that was one of the topics last week. Hold was, on one second here. Was your... Uh, your diet Fres- coke. Fresca. Yeah. No, but the we had the Mount Rushmore of movies, and I was the only uh, guest, I guess, or, or host, or co-host, whatever you want to call me, who had Field of Dreams on the list. You did. Yeah. And... Did. Um, so... So I'm going to start taking my movie advice from Tyler. We knew you would be just <laughs> so, a. It'd been you, ugly. No, it been no, ugly. no, no, no. You're you're you would be the 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 contrarian of the century, and no, you would. And yeah, you would have. You you would have had like a obscure '70s hockey movie that only people in the Northeast watched. Slapshot. That's I. That's I think I said that. Yeah, he's we, all over Slapshot. Yeah. Young Blood. We made we, that got mentioned as well. Uh, yeah, your face is getting more punchable by the second. <laughs> I think this here, is exactly what we said. Here, he here say. I am. I'm trying to give you props. Field of Dream, Dreams game was phenomenal. Yes, it was. I mean, the the, the Tim Anderson walk off the the intro. I love Kevin hey, Costner. I, I I'm not a Red. I mean, I'm not a Yankee fan. As a Red Sox fan, growing up my whole life, I love Aaron Judge. I mean, I just think he is great for baseball. Who's the best judge? Judy, Mike, or Aaron? Aaron. Okay. <laughs> Judy, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Judge Judy makes a lot of coins. Okay. Judge Judith Shinelin. I was just going to say, hey, speaking of which, I've heard that this is not the last one they're going to do. I heard they're going to bring a major league team to Wrigley Field next year. It's really? actually going to be in 2023. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when you let your entire roster have a contract here in the same year. Good I, God. I, oh, I, 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 I'm guessing fellow Cubs fan Brino over here will, will back me up. But the... Uh, Remember, Mark Cuban tried to buy the team. That's all I've got to say about that. And the, and the Ricketts family, they are the worst group of political animals that has ever been assembled that own the Cubs. I mean, that's, that's all it is. I, I, let me just say this. I'm a Cub enthusiast. I'm a Red Sox fan. In the National League, I like the Cubs. I used to go to a lot of Cub games when I lived in Lafayette, too. I like the Cubs. Yeah. What they did to their fans... There should be a statue of Rizzo, Schwarber, uh, Javi Baez. There should be that. That should be the statue outside of Wrigley right now. They, they brought it home. I I could take I could take Javi Baez. I really, for whatever reason, never cared about Chris Bryant that much. Um, I, I didn't want them to touch Wilson Contreras, which they didn't. Manny Trio. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of play. Don't trade Anthony Rizzo for crimey sakes. I mean, you know, listen, no on Cub, and off the field, you know, no Cub fan ever gets to talk about that team in a negative way, because like I said, Manny Trio, you know, uh, <laughs> um, I could start and not stop if you wanted me to, but I don't Les Lancaster, um, my namesake side armor. Yeah, no, I terrible, yeah. terrible teams. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think we should all go home and watch a beautiful mind tonight. Come back next week prepared to talk about game theory and talk about, you know, how just pure capitalistic money moves sometimes hurt everything in its in its path. And, so that, and, and that's what the... If that, you build it, they will come? Well, that no. The, the, the Cubs, multiple times in the last five or six years, they've taken... It, it, it's it's squeezing every penny out. It is everything is an absolute business decision, and and they could have went eighty or ninety percent of the way, and said, "Hey, here's add an arm, add an yeah, right." 
Yeah. And and it, it it bothers me is if any other team had done that, the Yankees have rebuilt. You know what I mean? Boston right. rebuilt several times in the last twenty years in one World Series. And, and, and the, if you, the Florida Marlins made it a, a habit, okay, yeah. of rebuilding. Right. In one hundred and eight years, the Cubs only built once. And if, and if you and if you like not to go back, but if you go research the Ricketts family and and the and the and the brothers and sisters that basically run the day-to-day baseball operations, you would vomit in your mouth. I, at, think, you would, I think you would vomit on just about every owner of at, every professional team. At, but. At, at, at who they are. And it's 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 mm. disgusting. And it's like, I, I, I don't know. I just, the... the It's getting very difficult to root for the Cubs. It's getting Cubs. very difficult to root for the Cubs. It should never be difficult to root. And it should never be difficult. You know, I mean, I can remember being out there and seeing Jerome Walton. Okay, and seeing uh, Greg Maddox, and seeing some of these guys in the early '90s, um, uh, Hector, Hector Villanueva, for God's sakes, he kind of looks like me. Saw the greatest batting practice with Hector Villanueva in I, St. Louis one time. But my my whole thing is those were not great Cub teams; they were good Cub teams. Ryan Sandberg and and Mark Grace and all that. And they were fun to watch, and they didn't win squat. Right. But you know what? They were an easy group to root for. It was easy to be a Cub fan, or as I like to say, a Cub enthusiast. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, whatever they've done, whatever they've drank, whatever pill they've taken is a poison pill because it, it ain't going to happen. I, I don't know how many times Major League Baseball can reach up and slap their fans in the face to remind us all that this is a business. Um, when Johnny Damon the long-haired, bearded outfielder for the Red Sox against the hated Yankees, and then the next season, he's yeah. shaved, and he's got a haircut, and he's playing for the Yankees. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. like, okay, Three we get later. it now. Yeah, yeah, right, we get it. I get, mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah. But it was it was sad, and we talked well. Nobody heard so, me. So, you know what? So, but we went through that with Wade Boggs, too. So, yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, Anthony Rizzo was – I mean, I was in Cincinnati when he he dove into the Reds' dugout to try to fight the entire team. He does tons of charity work with kids' cancer. There's a decent chance he'll be back next year. That's probably going to save me as a diehard Cubs fan since we got WGN in there's 1976. No way, there's no way New York will try to keep him. Right. right. <laughs> you people. You – you silly, stupid people. How did we get from Cubs enthusiasts to you stupid people? Because he's, he's, he's the most educated. He, he lived in the Northeast for a minute and a half, Brino. He, he knows more than he's us. Smart. Yes, yeah. I, I get that. I grew up next to MIT and Harvard. I am Todd. I get it. Listen, you ah, not like the Yankees. I can't, I can't wear a hat from the United States. It's got to be not even from Canada, but from Quebec, because Quebec. they're not even... They're not even Canadian. Oh, yeah, and a team up. that no longer exists. Yeah. You know, why don't you just go like walk you. back walk back into the cornfield? That's all I've got to say. Well, why why you gotta why you gotta be like that? You're so dismissive and hateful. <laughs> I am. And then and then you you're just dropping bombs. It's right. exactly what our fans love about this show is mm. when we all go crazy. Nevertheless though, I mean I mean to, to me, like I said, it was still a great night. It was a great I've I probably rewatched Kevin Costner and then the White Sox walking in. Five times since I'm now. having a hard time watching anything with Kevin Costner now, though, because I love his character, his heel character on Yellowstone so much now. See, I don't, I've never seen Yellowstone. I, I well, and we discussed that last week. That's, uh, that's, uh, on my fall watch list. Okay. So, so you're telling me that I, I'm rewatching billions right now and getting ready for that. You're so. trying to tell me that, that major Tony Nelson, you couldn't make the transition to JR. 
you know, what are you, what are you talking there, man? <laughs> you know, from my dream of genie to Dallas, they're actors. They play parts. He wasn't really an astronaut. And Jeannie didn't really live in the bottle. She slept in his room. I guarantee that. I She better have. <laughs> or she's going back in there. <laughs> I wish I had the I Dream of Jeannie music. I, I hate you, Todd. Cheat That's up. all I've got. <laughs> hey, uh, you're getting busy as we head into fall sports, Todd. You, uh, Joe you Morris just walked in, oh, by the way. Come on in, coach. He's doing something with some signs. Oh, okay. We're, uh, we're not real fancy here. Just come on in. There he is. That's his spot. <laughs> Gotta have marketing with you, man. <laughs> That's right. We got Dabo we're, here. Is John Gordon here? <laughs> Maybe we, do we have some life? <laughs> oh, I love it. There you go. I love it. He's got signs with him. I tell you what, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with head coach of the Washington Hatchets, Joe Morris. When you hear that song, you know who you're going to hear from. Your friends at Country Oaks Golf Club in Montgomery, Indiana, right there on Route 50 between Washington and Montgomery. Come see what kind of shape this golf course is in because it is fantastic. Max and his crew have got the layout looking great. Tee boxes, fairways, greens. You're going to have a hard time finding any better anywhere. Trey and his staff would be happy to help you. There's a practice area that you can swipe your card or come in and get a token. Five sets of tee boxes so you can make sure that you get the right distance to enjoy your game. Give them a call and make a tee time right now. 812-486-3300. And don't forget the Silo Showdown two-man tournament, 27 holes. Going to play best ball, scramble, alternate shot. That comes up on August 21st. I think they still have a couple of teams available, so you might look up that information. And we will see you at the Oaks. Hey, for great Mexican food in Odin, go see the folks at Casa Sevilla right there at 100 Northwest Street. Or give them a call, 812-636-2000. Call in your order. But stop in. They've got a great menu, all your Mexican favorites. Great big frozen margaritas to make your day even better. And they can cater your large events or gatherings. So... Go see the folks, Casa Tavia in Odin, the house with flavor. Coach Morris has, uh, nice, we got hatchet. Do we football. call that swag? I think we do. 15 minutes of fame that you afford all of us. I love it. And three for the B3. The B3, we've got oh our my own lands. Washington hatchet jersey, number three for the B3 pod. That is amazing. Thank you. And this is because you guys gave me 15 minutes. 15 minutes of fame for Coach Morris. If you're missing number 60, I've got one. He got five minutes closet. on the Josh Thompson Coaches Show Thanks, last coach. winter, so 15 plus five is 20. Do you have a number, number 20? And it's awesome. as if you don't have anything to wear in the fall. Awesome. Oh, and man. Hatch hey, hats. Coach Fine, you are on the yeah, clock, We're going to have son. to get Coach Fine. We had to do his – he had, it was at a, at a youth football meeting, and he, we had to do his interview over the phone. So now we're definitely going to have him in studio so we can uh, get some of that Cougar swag as well. That's awesome, Coach. Thanks. Have a seat. Make yourself at home. We've got all got our new hatchet football hats on. We've got B3 jerseys, thanks to Coach Joe Morris thanks of the Washington Coach. Hatchets. Yeah. yeah, thanks to Coach for the swag. Absolutely. Is, Thank I, you so much. I, I usually get uh, – I'm, I'm not a big adjustable, you know, hat guy. I'm, not adjustable. I, I, I'm, it's not adjustable. Well, not, no, it's, it's elastically yes. adjustable. And I, I tell you what, what a great fit. Good, good product, Coach. Feels, feels good on the head. 
Well, that's what we're trying to do is build a better product, right? Better product and a better program. On the field and and on the... When we announced you were going to be on the show, we got um, tons and tons of questions um, wanting to ask. And I think the most popular question we want to know, is it a great day to be a hatchet? Yes. All right. I'm as excited this year as I was last year and as I was in 1986 and 87 when I was a senior. Let's talk about last year. Uh Um, And Todd can obviously co- uh, covered this team and, and knows it closely so he's gonna he's gonna have a lot of stats that he always has and facts I have no but... stats. <laughs> why you want to worry about stats it's about the heart joe morrison heart is it about the heart it's about the heart isn't last it, year was about the heart for sure that was pretty impressive what you guys did well um thank you i mean it's you know five and six playing in a sectional championship and a winnable sectional um todd was there whenever i was interviewed and um, got voted in and our first conversation do you remember that Todd? yes i do it was uh remember this date as it stands 02 2020 at 7 17 in the evening yeah and um told to say you, i you told know, you hit stuff the day to be me- <laughs> the days of being mediocre are over sounds condescending but it's not i'm not calling my hometown mediocre i'm not right. calling any of that it's just it's a mindset right it's one of those things that um you just you have to believe in what you're doing, you, and I think our sport uh, represents the four corners of any community. I think the strength of a football program mirrors the strength of a community. I've said it a million times in Bridgeport, Illinois, where I grew up. When Red Hill High School football is good, the entire town has a has a different feeling to yeah. it. Yeah, and no it's question. a great way to start off the school season right there in the fall. It's a great environment, you know, Friday night lights, all the cliches. But um, I can speak specifically about Washington, um, our, our football team represents the four corners of our city. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what your last name is. It doesn't matter um, what community you're a part of within the community. It doesn't matter your backstory, no. anything. Um, we are a brotherhood. We talk about love. We, we show it. Um, I know every <laughs> – what I know about our players um, on a personal level uh, and what we're trying to develop on a, from an athletic standpoint – uh, we've got kids that now have a place. We have kids that were otherwise left out, but now are engaged and a part of something. Uh, you can see it. The community's wrapped their arms around them. Um, again, I appreciate the compliments on last season. I mean, that was a different team. This is a new team, new season. And um, when you look at our numbers, you know, it's great to have numbers. It's great to have a good staff, but uh, you still have to believe. Were you surprised at how quickly the belief came? I mean, you, you made dramatic differences. And, and go back, listen, I interviewed you shortly after you got hired in both roles on the Brian on Friends show, and, and you're saying the same things now you said then, and what you said would happen, happened. I mean, the, you got that momentum. They bought into the belief of your program very, very quickly. Well, you know, um, I, didn't, I didn't get the opportunity to come back if, if I didn't have relationships and if people didn't know me, right? right. I'm not a teacher, never been a head coach. Um, I was pretty decent in high school, very average in college, and um, but I always was enthusiastic, always believed, always worked hard. Yep. Um, anybody that was around me knows I worked hard. I always believed. I hated losing uh, to our neighbors. We, you know, you go back then and you look. Well, th- that mindset doesn't change. I didn't really learn about being a champion per se because I never won a championship in football as a player. Yeah. Um, in high school. In college, we had opportunities. You know, there were big games like the Indianapolis Top Dog game. That was the big UND Butler game. Um, conference. I learned a lot 
at the college level from Coach Bless, who's a Hall of Famer, you know, that family, that program. Um, I learned more probably as a parent because I had the opportunity at Noblesville with my daughters, bringing them up into a 6A program. They were multi-sport athletes, and, um, you know, they played soccer, they played basketball, they run a track. Of course, they did volleyball and softball when they were little, and they did everything but swimming, <clears throat> tennis, and golf. And um, I remember whenever my oldest daughter, Kylie, um, got asked to play lacrosse, and they'd been asking her for two years straight, you know, to play lacrosse. She finally said yes, and I remember her freshman year sitting in the first player-parent meeting with the coach, and this, right out the gate, the coach said, our expectation is to be state champions. It was the first time I'd heard a coach, one of my daughter's coaches anyway, say, yeah. our expectation is to be state champions. And, you know, I learned as a parent watching other kids, and, and I really believe that that championship mindset and expectation starts in uh, probably two or three places. One, it starts with your school administration. It starts in your community, and it starts in your households. Yeah. And um, there, it's highly competitive. One thing, you know, I'm very proud of my daughters, as a lot of you guys already know, because I talk about them. Um, but I'm proud of them for a number of reasons, and it's because in, when I look back at my family tree, you know, I was the first one to be a, a college student, let alone college athlete. I was a product of teenage pregnancy. I was a product of divorce and all those things. I'm a typical Washington kid, right? And not too far down the road from the studio, Bethany Church. I was a part of that when Ben and Eva Bean were leading that church, and there were a lot of great people. There were Washington people, Bar Reef people that uh, had an influence on me that, you know, took care of me when I needed to be taken yeah. care of. And uh, so when I was able to break, kind of uh, create my own uh, limb, if you will, on my family tree and do my thing and then have children, right? We're all parents, and uh, we want the best for our kids, and I wanted the best for my kids. And so now my kids are doing it better than I ever did it, had an experience more so than I ever had, competing at the highest level academically, socially, and athletically, you know. Um, so I learned as a parent, but it wasn't just as a parent, I guess. I guess it was the whole process of what I bought into as a, a, a young kid, and, and football changed my life path. Um, Washington, I had great key community leaders, stakeholders, um, really support me and encourage me, and I bought in. Not yeah. every kid buys in. Other guys in my class or classes before and after me had the same opportunities. I just had to be one of those kids that – bought in. So when you talk about the, the two interviews prior, one on the Chamber of Commerce and Visitor Bureau side and one on the football side, I think, I think they're vertically integrated. Yeah, I think right. that uh, I want to see great things happen, not just at Washington, but at Bar Reeve, at da North Davies, at WC. I want to see great things happen for our county. I mean, that message is the same for me. Right. right? Yeah. Um, but in terms of football, um, we went from, you know, you know what we went from to where we were last year. And you went from one win and no wins. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and, and to, to to jump on that for a second, I think I think Brian said a, a a really I think it's a key word a second ago, momentum, and whether it's momentum in your job, whether it's momentum with your program, it, I I can't tell you being from. <laughs> from Petersburg, Indiana, Pike Central High School, how many times we would see the new coach. And the new coach every year, year one, you know, you 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 ended the year before with 25 players, and now, by God, you got 50. Right. And then eventually it cycled back to the same thing. Yeah. Uh, year two coach, it seems like numbers are stagnant, programs are good, youth uh, feeder side of things uh, seems to be in place and intact. I mean, it is, is keeping momentum harder 
than starting your vision of the program to begin with. Well, let's start with the word stagnant because that's what we were, right? This last year, I don't think it was stagnant. I think it was worse than that. Okay, uh, there well, I said it. So we came in. We had sixty-four players, at, uh, nine through twelve, in our high school. We had fifty-four seventh and eighth graders. Uh, we had ninety-four in our youth program. Uh, the vision was we were going to have our own youth program. Hence, we did this year in February. We got formed, uh, Washington Youth Football Incorporated. Um, you've got a you've got a yard sign. I do playyouthfootball.com. And um, you know, being a marketer, I've been in marketing, recruiting, and all that my whole professional career. Um, so that was last year. This year, fast forward, we got a youth program for the first time, and I don't know how many years we got two fifth and sixth grade teams. Awesome. Um, our numbers are pretty good in third and fourth. K2, we're in the mid-20s on both. I think it would have been better had we not had the COVID restrictions, and right. I could have been in the hallways of the elementary schools, <laughs> but uh, we were able to do well there. In our Fast forward to our junior high program, you know, we got 50-plus again. We got 30, I think it's 33, 34 in our eighth grade team. We've got 20-plus on our seventh grade team. Um, our freshman to senior this year, we're in the mid-50s, high-50s. Um, I've had kids – Say they're going to play, I put them on the list, and then I just started taking them off the list as they weren't showing up to off-season workouts. And so we're going to meet in the mid-50s. So back-to-back, back, you know, we graduated 15 seniors. I only have six seniors this year. Um, but what we've got is um, we've got the foundation being set. Right. Um, that numbers will be taken care of. I, I think that our staff, um, I've said it before, is the best football staff we've had ever. Um, simply because the, the staff has either played the game at a high level, at the right. high school level, or they played in college. Yeah, and you went through those last year all the same? Or did you make any yeah, changes? Yeah, we, we have a, a we had three guys not come back, okay. and, and I promoted a guy that really could have been there. Right. But he got here late, and I needed somebody to lead our junior high program to make sure we had at least some consistency yeah. and such. Well, I'll stop you right there, Coach, and, and I think it's this way in a lot of sports. I, I think the most important coach – in an entire program outside of your varsity head coach, a lot of times is whoever is in charge of your junior high, your seventh or eighth grade coach who runs that. Do you, you feel the same way about Absolutely. that? Absolutely. And that's why um, Austin Stoll, um, here's a guy that's a local product. He played at North Davies, had a nice career. He and his twin brothers went on to play at Kentucky Christian, which is an NAIA program. Um, and these guys love football, but Austin in particular had, had wanted to come back home. Yeah. He got here late. I'd already made a commitment to the staff I had, and I wasn't going to go back on my word. Right, that. right. And I said, here's where I need your help. I need you to be the head coach of junior high. Typically have a head coach for seventh grade, head coach for eighth grade. I let him be the head coach of it all to run what we're running to just get that going. Yeah. Um, last year, um, he did a great job. He has a great group of kids. Um, so this year I promoted him up. He's going to be an offensive line coach for us, but he's going to be our JV head coach. I need to have stability in that JV because, to your point, Mike, uh, you get kids transitioning from sixth grade to seventh grade. That's a huge step anyway, yeah, right? Right. And then you get kids transitioning from eighth grade to freshman, another big step. So I got to have some stability for those incoming sixth graders, which will be seventh graders and eighth graders being freshmen. But we got to have the right temperament. Yeah. You got to have the right temperament for the transition process. Right. And um, naturally, we want them to learn the skills and fundamentals and kind of the hatchet way, mm -hmm. the way we do things. I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard Coach Thompson say, Everything I do, everything I've done, everything I will become is because of my eighth grade. <laughs> I knew, I knew it was coming. Mike DeCourcy. Hey, I knew listen, it was coming. First of all, former eighth grade coach. Secondly, you know, our celebration after any championship, 
with myself and the great Dave Cavanaugh is we shake hands and we uh, have our favorite wine spritzer. And uh, Bartles and James. <laughs> there you go. And we just we celebrate the fact that we didn't screw it up. It took that, a little longer, but I knew it was coming. You so. saw I give, give you I give you the eye. <laughs> right. hey, hey, let's talk about those fifteen seniors. Um, you lost you lost a big dog in 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 there with uh, with your quarterback. Well, let's talk about those first yeah. fifteen seniors for a second. You know, fifteen seniors of which um, we had three of those seniors. Um, hadn't played before and, and so we right. we had 12 mm-hmm. right um we had a group of guys that mean a lot to me as an alumni not because of what they accomplished as players is what they committed to as players yeah they were willing to come out every year and do the hard work to compete right and and so that's why they're important to me yeah um we had last year we had five academic all-state we had six all-conference nominees whether it be honorable mention or first team uh, we had two all-region players, and we had a North-South All-Star, the first one we've had since 1989 with Andy Waller. Yeah. Um, and so the person you're speaking of, I, I'm pretty certain it's Trey Reed. I think that's who, yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's talk about Trey Reed. You know, I heard about Trey Reed. I heard about, you know, he's a great athlete. I heard that he was a, a guy that was an excellent pitcher. Mm-hmm. But I found out, not because people told me, I had to be on max preps. Yeah. Looking at last year's roster after I already done my scouting on other teams, and nobody told me he was 6'5", 210. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. 6'5", I can work with that. Yeah. And um, the key on that was. I is, could, too, if I right? was. And a tight end. <laughs> yeah. Um, the key on that was is the fact getting him developed as a quarterback and yeah. developing a system. And, and Gary Eiser, offensive coordinator, did an excellent job with him last year um, in that offense. And it didn't start out fast. Right. You know, um, you compare how we start out with our scrimmage at home against North Posey. Then we hosted Boonville, and then we had uh, Crawford County, and then we had Gibson Southern. It wasn't until week four, and you can ask Trey this, when did the light go off? It's when he ran an 83-yarder, and he realized, wait a minute, if I turn that corner and plant that foot and just go, I can do this. Right. And that's when the light went off for him, and that's when the light went off for us is, He's not going to be that 250 yard passer. He's probably going to be that 250 yard rusher. Sure. And throw 150. And we, our goal was to be 400 yards, but it was the opposite. But you were when willing it, to make, you were willing to, to change gears, shift, shift paddles in the middle of the river, whatever it was. And it worked. I yeah. Mean, well, and we had to to be successful, right? right. Uh, we still had two running backs that were each rushing for 500 plus yards on the season. Uh, you throw in what Trey was able to accomplish, he was our first 1,000, 1,000 quarterback. Um, yes, he had some standout moments, and it's very helpful to have that. But but to your point, Brian, we have kids like that walking the hall that weren't playing football. Right. Yep. And if you can imagine, imagine Trey Reed being a tennis player because that was a reality. He almost was. He mm. had a tennis racket. He was going to practice. And he probably would have been an all-conference tennis right. player. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah. Right? But he came for football, and um, he had a uh, a great senior year. I think it went beyond his expectations, and certainly it was a big part of our program. But we had those key guys um, that came back, and it took him a minute. But when we finally worked it, and you heard me say it countless times, about three phases, nine-week schedule, breaking them down three games at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were Our goal was to get better each week. And by week seven, I really felt like we should be in a better place. We weren't, though. That was Heritage Hills. Yeah. And then um, – you know, so we were still working through things. Naturally, I talked about a winnable sectional. It was all about the draw in the bracket. You know, we got the perfect draw. We got the perfect bracket yep, yep. for us. 
and uh, things happen. And then, yeah, things happen. Yeah. So let's talk about this year's team. Um, losing that many seniors, do you feel like you're – you feel like you're in a good place going into the season, or do you sort of feel like you're starting over again? Um, we just had a scrimmage. We were at North Posey Friday night, and it really looked a lot like North Posey's last year in our scrimmage. Yeah, um, I feel like this is a new team, new season. Uh, we've got more returning players with experience back right. than we did the previous year. Sure, we've actually had. We know what our expectations are. Team. Chemistry, morale, all that, it's a 180. Mm -hmm. um, I think going in uh, to be objective, and that's my job. I, you know, I don't want to be a homer about everything. Right. But being objective, um, I think we're still in a rebuild. Mm -hmm. I, I think we've got kids. When you look at our roster, top to bottom, we've got a lot of kids that are still only in their second year of ever right, playing. Ever we, playing we've got new kids that's in their first year. Uh, so our offensive line, and this is due to some, you know incoming injuries we had and getting a number of practices in. You know, we still have a culture there that we're working on. Yeah. Okay. So it's not perfect yet at all. Let me but, break. Let me break this down for you, and I'm going to use languages, foreign languages, because Coach DeCorsi here speaks so many. Thank you. Last year, um, it was like a person trying to translate English into Spanish, and they had to think about every word. You know, this year you have guys who are probably a lot more familiar with. You know, it takes less time to translate. And eventually it's going to get to the point where they can think in Spanish or think in English or whatever mm -hmm. it is. But, yeah. I mean, that's – Gracias for that. That's, that's, you know, I mean, kind of what it is. I guarantee you you don't have the problems with the guys not figuring out how to pull the pants up this year or how the equipment goes on or I, I don't how to line up. Anybody in this room understands what you're talking about right now. It <laughs> doesn't matter. It, those, who need, those who need to hear it will have heard it. Well, and to your point, yes. Um, they understand the language a little more clear now. Um, but the key on it was is getting people to believe they know what our expectation is now. Uh, is it 100 percent? No. But what it is is the fact that uh, we've got, you know, 55 plus guys that know what happened last year and they believe it they, can happen right, again. Right. Again, it goes back to believing. Right. And they know the expectation. So when we ride these guys and push them for um, better output. Yeah. They know the why. Right. And um, so when we say three phases and when we say you know, it's about playoffs. They understand the, the reason sure. why. Yeah. Now, um, it's important for our program, you know, to finish and to win sectional. Yep. That's the that's the deal. That's the deal. Yeah. After that, I mean, you have to win three games to win sectional. You only have to win two games to go to state. Mm -hmm. But those are two tough games. Right. But we're going to get there to where being part of the conversation happens, you know. Yeah. And, and when you look down in our feeder system – we got kids that aren't afraid of the name on the jersey. That's important. Sure. Yeah. Um, and we got a coaching staff that's not afraid of the name on the jersey. Now, do we have names on jerseys and programs that are a little farther ahead than we are? Absolutely. And, and do they have uh, the amenities in their programs? Absolutely. You know, um, you look at facilities, you look at training facilities, you look at all that. It matters. Yeah. It matters in a sport like football, especially because it's a hard sport. And, you know, I could be down at North Posey, and they got a big field house, indoor turf, great weight room. They got turf field. Look, let's – It matters. You don't have to take the hit on this one. I will. Things have to be done to Hatchet Hollow, and they have to be done soon, and they have to be done, um, you know, to make things better. It's, it's a place in desperate need of work. 
And I hope the school board, I hope the, those in, in charge will do something about it because it needs an overhaul. Coach has got a few things done. He's got some, uh, got some of the um, concrete covered up for safety reasons. He, they did some painting last year that looks nice, but ultimately they're probably going to have to take it down and put a new one back up again. And, uh, mm. That has to happen. So Joe, what about, didn't, what Joe about, didn't say it; I said it. What about your off season, your weight facilities and stuff? Is it where is it where you you needed to be, or are you looking for upgrades there as well? No, we need that, and yeah. that's just to develop athletes, right? You know, you definitely in every sport. In every sport, right. this isn't just about football. This is about developing athletes. They desperately need a lot of work in that weight room. Okay, period. Yeah, but but the the thing is, we do have the tools to win games. We right. So we we've got the tools to win, but at the same time. We want to eliminate all barriers. Yeah. So if you can eliminate all barriers. Okay, on the spot time. Coach, you get um, you get one wish from that genie that you were discussing earlier, earlier Todd. Yes. And, and, and this, this, this one, yes, she was. This one wish is, is on the periphery of your program, but whether it's facilities, weights, if you, had, if you could do one thing right now to say, you know what, this could put our – it, it, it'll move the needle just a little bit. What, what, what would you do? I would do a um, turf and new seating stadium upgrade. And I'd, I mean, if we were talking about, you know, tapping the bottle, I'd have 7,091 seats. <laughs> It'd be a black leather chair That's on a, a 50 quote. yard line. <laughs> I That's like a quote that, right that there. needs to go on the newspaper on Tuesday. <laughs> uh, 50 yard line. And it'd be for every player that's ever sacrificed and played, no matter what the wins and losses were, and they, and they believed in it. Um, that's my ultimate, but being realistic, uh, I'll settle for 1896 in seating. That's the year hatchet football was started. First okay. sport in Washington athletics, 1896. That'd be a nice number of seats on the home side. Yeah. But th- yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing, but ultimately I want it for our kids and I want it for our community. I, I again, go back to, I think the strength of a football program mirrors the strength of a community because we represent so many different demographics, every shape, size, color, creed. Yeah. comes together i would say joe this is the most diverse hatchet football team ever and that was one of your goals i mean that day yeah, one yeah, that was that. one of your goals yeah. well as of taking pictures yesterday i would say that's the most diverse team i've ever seen hey real quick just going to remind you this show is brought to you by travis brett and indiana farm bureau insurance right there at 304 jfk avenue in Lagodi. 295-3129 one agent for all your insurance needs. Let's talk about this year. Have you named a starting quarterback yet? Or are you still in process? We're still in process. We've got two great um, guys battling it out. And um, Connor Woolley, um, he's a sophomore. Uh, he's played that role for us. And we have a newbie in Jamison Dwyer, who is very athletic. Uh, we've had a number of new kids come to the football program from other sports. They're very good athletes. They know how to compete. Uh, so right now, it's a battle between Jamison Dwyer and Connor Woolley. Okay. Um, so that's a good thing. Uh, what I'm happy about is we've got four quarterbacks uh, we're working. So we've got a junior, two sophomores, and a freshman. Um, and so that's good for that's us. That's real good. Yeah. Uh, we're too deep uh, in our running back rotation, too deep in our wide receiver rotations um, on our line. You know, we're working through that. We played with five linemen Friday night in the scrimmage that didn't have varsity experience. Two had ever played, three hadn't. We're working through that, but we got guys on the sidelines recovering from some minor injuries and, and at every level but especially yeah. in high school football everybody knows and sees and loves the the running backs and the quarterbacks yeah. but that's where that's yeah. where games are won and lost right i think there. if i could say offensively and i can say it for defense we're more athletic this year yeah we have more speed um it's just now dialing in football iq um getting them with the playbook getting them with the why 
knowing their job, just doing their job. You know, you hear that in every sport, just yeah. do your job. Well, it's the same as in football. And um, so I like our speed. I like our athleticism. I like our attitude. And everybody's being coachable, being good teammates. Um, so offensively, at the quarterback, we have something we haven't had in a while. You know, last year, we rode with Trey. Right. Right. Yeah. And there was a big drop-off. Right. Just on experience and who the backup would be. And Trey was just a warrior. He's tough. Um, and we got through. But when you look at all the other skill positions and you look at the interior line, we got two deep. That's good. Good. Yeah. How much, being your first year, new to your players, how much of your playbook, of your overall system, did you get implemented last year? And how much will you this year? Well, from an offensive standpoint, um, we, you know, it was a week to week thing because your opponents are different and yeah. how you adjust accordingly, but we're still bread and butter, right? We still have uh, who we are. We're a spread offense. Uh, we can run the ball out of that. We can pass the ball out of that. The difference is this year, you won't be seeing us throwing a country mile with right. stuffed animals at County fairs. We're going to see us play football, move the chains, first level, second level stuff. Those big plays will open up defensively. Uh, we're going. We still have our base defense. We modified it a little bit to a four-four just to utilize speed yeah. in the outside edge. We really got hurt on the big play last year. If you look at stats on paper, we match up real well with our opponents. The scorecard matches up by a score, yeah. but that's not reality. You know, we gave up five, six big plays and those big losses that really hurt us. Yeah, um, we got to eliminate those big plays. You hear that? It's cliche, but it's true. We got to be play more uh, sound defense, and um, so our new Defensive scheme is not a big adjustment, but it does allow us to utilize the athletes we have now. It's just now getting them to be comfortable in those roles. Right. And um, I think that, we'll, again, it hasn't changed. Three phases. We're not out of the rebuild. We're still in a rebuild. But what's great about this group is, is that the majority of our guys, majority of our key guys, we're not going to have for one year. Right. You know, if I could have that group one more year, who wouldn't want that? Sure. Right? Sure. But – the truth is, with this group, this is the real rebuild. Last year, we took what we had, took all the circumstances around COVID, late start, no yeah. offseason. This year, we had an offseason. Our kids put in the work by just showing up. We saw kids, you know, add 20, 50 pounds on their bench, 50, 100 pounds on their squat, their power lifts and such. All got better. They got more confident. They see their bodies change. Sure, yeah. Uh, that gives you confidence that you need to go out and be a warrior, that you have to be on Friday nights. Um, but at the same time, in terms of schemes – um, we haven't changed a whole lot, but we're, we're able to do the things we wanted to do last year yeah. because we have better kids in, in the situation that they're learning it now year two. Yeah. Does your offensive coordinator call the plays? Yes. Okay. Does that tough for you? No. Okay. Got it. I always wonder about that. No, the head coach why, that every, don't, you know, they're itching to get. I remember when we were at Princeton. I mean, every game, you know, I got asked different questions by the opposing coaches, you yeah. know, because. I was the first time I was ever head coach. Right. Um, and um, I was at Princeton pregame, and he asked me, who calls our offense? And I said, Gary Isa. He does a great job. Well, who calls your defense? Mickey White. He did a great job. You let him call that? I'm like, yeah. Mm -hmm. I treat it like an organization. You know, I'm the CEO. They're the divisional right. presidents. And the position coaches are the directors. And I empower them to take ownership in it. It's their identity. And you have so to trust are. them, though. And yeah, you absolutely do. Yeah, right. I, you, no you picked the guys you wanted. Yeah. You got the trust in there. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, you open up at West Vigo on the twentieth. Um, what mm -hmm. do we know about what about these jokers? Well, I know about the Vikings. Uh, their mascots, Vikings. Yeah, I don't know where you got jokers, but <laughs> but the point is, is that 
Um, they're a 3A program. They play in sectional 29. Um, they're a comparable program. It's good to have on our schedule a good um, opponent that is kind of like we are, uh-huh. right? Now, they have a little different edge over there. They're West Vigo. They're the ones kind of left out of all the big conversations right, yeah. because of Terre Haute North, Terre Haute yeah. South, and such. But they're an opponent that, in my viewpoint, that is the kind of opponent we want early in our schedule. Sure. Gives, gives us a chance to figure out who we are, what we're capable of. Um, it's not going to be a lay down, but it's going to be one of those competitive games that is a winnable game for us. Yeah. And uh, I like – I mean, they do good things over there. They've had winning seasons. Um, but – in order for us to accomplish what ultimately we're trying to do within our program, that's the kind of team you got to have on the schedule. Sure. One big thing, Coach, Friday night, as we're listening to uh, um, Dwayne and the crew on 107.9, after the game's over, one thing that if it happens, the Hatchets come out with a win. What's that one thing? If One thing that you guys do that night. In terms of how we celebrate? No, 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 not, not the celebration. We don't want you dancing and getting water, but, yeah. but, but, but execution wise, your team, what, what is one thing that you guys, the hatchets have to do to, to win? Is there a stat? Is there a part of the game where you're like, Hey, if we do this, we're, the win will take care of itself. Um, I was watching film before I came over. I think the key for us is to play sound defense and t- get takeaways. You know, if we get some takeaways and that's an emotional thing, you know, uh, unlike other sports, you run a, a, a special team, let's say kickoff or a punt back yeah, for a touchdown, or for you make sure. a pick six or a big fumble recovery. Those are game changers. They change the momentum, and I have all the trust and confidence in our offense and what we're doing there. But our defense, and I'm playing more a bigger role on the defensive side this year, um, so naturally I'm a little prideful about that, you know, being a competitor. So for us, we got to have to have takeaways. Win the takeaway battle, win the game. That's right. You know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this too. During the bad old days – not too terribly long uh-huh. ago, they were the Hatchets were first quarter team. They were a decent team in the first quarter of a lot of games. Uh, by the fourth quarter, they were done. It was over, over. You know, they, there was no way they could compete. Whether you were one A, three A, four A, it just you know it was done. So is is being able to go out there and play for four quarters is that a goal this year as opposed to and probably last year maybe against some. I mean, you didn't have the the depth that you that you may have this year. Well, last year we struggled with playing for 48 minutes. Right. Um, we won't have a, a struggle playing 48 minutes this year. Right. Just because we know now, right? We know what the expectation is. Uh, but to your point, um, we had in the previous years running clocks on us. You know, you get 35 points put on you, and next thing you know, the clock just runs. And last year. Been there. You know, it's, it's one of those things that we don't want running clocks. Right. You know, if we can do, do our job defensively, uh, we put our offense in a much better position to do what they do well. And, uh, again, it's our responsibility defensively to, you know, you hold, you want to hold your opponent 14 points. Sure. Give them a score a half. But if you give them a score a quarter, okay, now you're looking at, okay, you got, gave up 21, 28 points. So now offense, can you – Can you give me 35. Yeah. Yeah. Can you do that? Um, but it, a lot goes into that because it plays on your offense and your defense. So it, if we can trade punches – well, we come out with the best punch in the end. That's 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 good, but um, for us, my whole thing is we want to do some things that we haven't done in a long time, yeah. and that's when a season opener. We haven't won a season opener since 2010. Really? Wow. Um, week two. I know you don't want to jump ahead. I know football coaches and they don't like to do this, but I will ask. You're going to you know, obviously facing a Purdue bound quarterback. Are they are they as a team? As strong as, as historically, or or uh, what do you think about Gibson? Southern? Well, from a schedule standpoint, right now week two is vacant. 
we don't have a week two opponent. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you got a week. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So um, we it looked like we were going to have a week two opponent. You know, COVID's here. It's alive and well, and it's already impacting programs. Yeah. So to say we won't have a week two is probably a premature statement because we probably we'll pick strong, one up. We, yeah. we, we probably will pick one up. But nevertheless, if we don't, week three is a very good opponent. Um, this is their year. You know, every program has that opportunity to have their year. It doesn't hurt when you have a you know Purdue bound quarterback. Uh, you've got a Division One receiver. Um, they've got a lot of key guys back. They're going to be good. Um, it's an opportunity for us to play in a, a very good program, and it's an opportunity for us to say, okay, if we're going to play at the highest level we can play, this is as high as you can get with Gibson Southern. And Nick Hart does a great job there. His dad does a great job at Brownsburg. They're a football family, and he's built a good culture down there. Yeah. He, and and that, that school and that administration's invested heavily in it, and it's important to them. But they're a good team. Yeah. So where will we be? I, I can't really say where we'll be at that point because if we have a week one, we'll know a little more. But if we have a week two, we'll know a lot more. But if we don't have a week two, they'll give us a lot more time to you know figure them out and try to play. That's one of those games you're not supposed to win. But right. if you can hang tight and do do a good job, you know, you come out healthy. It can feel good. like a yeah. it can feel like a win. For sure. Joe, Joe wasn't at the Gibson Southern game last year. I mean, COVID had impacted the Hatchets at that point. Yeah. And he uh he was contact traced out. Contact traced oh, wow. out for 14 days. So I wasn't even there all week. Yeah. I wasn't there the week of North Davies. Our defensive coordinator was out also. Wow. So we, you know, it's one of those situations that it's going to happen again this year. Right. I hope it yeah. doesn't strike us. Yeah, exactly. You Todd wrote a great article um, last week about double days and, and speaking of the bad old days or the good old days. Do you, days. you miss that? Double days? Or? I think that. Look, I think you can still do double days. You Matter of fact, uh, on the first official practice, uh, the the rules allow you to do two a days. There's some rules within the two a days. It's not much different than it was back then. Um, do I, I'm a product of that? You know, yeah. You pack your bloody sandwiches, it was, yeah. and Gatorade, right. sit under a shade tree, and kill time, and yeah. um, you learn a lot. But um, the way the game is, you know, one of the great things about being in a position I'm in, you know, I can pick up the phone and call people and get their help mentors and I call those guys that, that have won state championships. I call them and ask them, what do you guys do? Yeah. You know, I don't ask the ones that don't win what they do. I ask the ones that win. Right. What they do, yeah. Right. And uh, what's interesting is the game's changed a lot. You know, I uh, had an opportunity to coach in the North South all-star game and uh, the head coach for the South is Dave Pash and he's the head coach at Indianapolis Lutheran. And I had to get a chance to get to know him real well. And a lot of respect for that guy. And uh, he's been to state championships and he's been in multiple all-star games and he, he told me that his team hasn't worn full pads, ready for this, in nine years. Really? He When he says that, they get after it, Yeah. right, with thumps and such, and it's all pro pads, top pads. But, yeah, he has some days they might do full pads just early on. But the majority of their time, they save it for Friday night. NFL right? doesn't. Yeah. yeah. College. I mean, NFL yeah, does yeah. not do that. Yeah. So it sounds soft and sounds weak. But it's really not the days of being sound smart. You know, it does. That's just, right. Yeah, you know what I'm smart. saying? It's just it, those days. Those days, the game's so much different. Yeah, you know. I think North Davies had. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was it seven seven on sevens or eleven on elevens before first day of practice? Yeah. yeah. You know what you're dealing with, right? Them. And if you and as long as you've got a group of kids that know and and like to hit, you don't have to hit all yeah. the time. Yeah, and so. It, the game's changed a lot. So do I like two-a-days? I like the idea of two-a-days that's not out there in 90-degree heat and 
killing each other. I like the days of where you could get kids together and teach. We, yeah. did, we did a lot of teaching this year. We actually, excuse me, we actually had a summer. Yeah. And we did right. a lot of chalk talk. We did a lot of walkthrough and teaching them. And, and you'll, you'll laugh, but uh, we have kids that didn't know the basics. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so we had to teach like youth almost. Uh, yeah. But it's good because now they kind of understand the terminology. They understand. But you wouldn't have seen life. them. You wouldn't have seen them from November till August 1st in the old days. Right. I mean, you just wouldn't have seen yeah. them. They, they were not yours to Mm-mm. to teach or to give cyber homework to or to tell them to be checking out this or that. And, oh, yeah. And the games change so much, too. Kids have access to technology. So like Huddle, you know, they can access their Huddle account year round. They just go in and watch film. They can watch themselves. They can. So it's a lot different today. Than I still uh, playing in 1986. Uh, we were still at the time we're on reels and, and then just moving to VCR tapes. But I can remember watching years like a year before on actual real film. Yeah. You know, and they would, I, I know the stories from my coaches that the wives would actually go be at the halfway point to meet somewhere. Right. Yeah. To yeah. Tr- exchange film. Now it's just a push of a button. Yeah, I uh, Bill Evans at, at Red Hill. He would leave Gray's um, very early in the morning sometimes on Saturday and go. Probably shouldn't have been driving, but he'd go meet the <laughs> meet the coach from somewhere to pick up game film. So uh, we had Trent Fine from North Davis last week. Uh, coach Morris this week. I think it's going to be a fun year um, in football. Todd, what do you think? I, I Joe knows what my prediction was, and I, I you know I mean I try to be honest. I'm I, you know I'm not going to say hatchets win everything. Sure. But I think that they're legitimately, legitimately have an opportunity. I think there are six games, and if he wins six games, if they win six games, um, I mean, you start putting the statue up right now, Coach Morris. What say you on that prediction? Where would you like your statue at? <laughs> um, I'd like to be this, you know, seven thousand ninety first seat, right in the 50, middle of the hatchet 50, house, fifty yard line, halfway up. I just make me a bust there, me sitting there. Um, no. You know, that's, look, I, I just had an interview um, talking about this. You know, um, I always said I was going to do this as a give back because um, it means something to me, all right? And I, I can't write the, the million-dollar check, but I can give a million-dollar effort. And yeah. um, that's what this is really about, you know, when it comes to that. When it comes to our kids, again, I mean, I got goosebumps even telling you guys this because I think a lot of you guys, Todd knows more because he has more of a line of sight of it, but – you know, well, he knows look, he knows more about everything. Yeah, just ask Mike. Well, he has. No, just ask Todd. There, you know? <laughs> because I'm from Cambridge. Oh, you know, God. Um, but and I value what he has to say because he's very objective and he's fair. And um, and there's nothing wrong with telling the truth. And a lot of people think that's bad, but he tells the truth and he's fair. And I appreciate it because um, he's objective. And um, I think you guys are like that too. But you know, the truth is. Um, what I like is I like Davies County getting represented. You know, Trent and those guys have done a good job. I think they're in the 40s on their roster yeah, in high school. Yeah. You add in ours, that means there's 100 high school kids in Davies County playing football. Playing football, right. And I don't know what their numbers are in junior high or your, their youth, but 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 I want to see Davies County do well. Obviously, it's only 48 minutes out of the year. We, we don't like each other. After that, you know, uh, the key on it is is getting kids off the couch, out of their bedrooms, and into something. And we happen to have sports that you can do that. We got the biggest rosters. It affords that to kids and families. Uh, I don't know everything they do up there. I don't, you know, it's okay. I, I, I'm, I'm sure they're doing a good job. But for us, uh, we expect to win, you know, that game. We expect to win all our games. Um, yeah. So for us, when we look at our schedule, we have a good schedule this year. 
it's all going to come down to how do we adapt? How do we do our job? And um, how bad do we want it? You know? Yep. Um, so the community is behind us. You guys tipped this show off by saying that. And it's, I appreciate the community. Um, it's good to see. Um, I don't know. I have a lot to say, but it's about our kids. And these kids, I think that when you show them you love them, you actually care and you, you get involved a little bit on a personal level in what's going on in their lives, uh, they see that they have a true opportunity. Um, I think that's when you get them engaged. I mean, yeah. I got kids I could tell you stories about all night long that are awesome, you know. Um, but we still have to win football games. Yeah. I'll veer for just one half a second. Okay. Um, I can remember interviewing Craig Neal back in like 2003 mm -hmm. at Shula's in Indianapolis before a Pacer Raptors game when he was assistant coach there. And the one thing he said to me was, when it's all said and done, he wants to come back and be a head foot, head basketball coach at Washington. Yeah. He, you know, he said that, and I was, you know, because he was about to go help Vince Carter with his jump shot. Right. Yeah. And uh, although I don't think he helped him much with the dunk. I He got that extra inch or two. Okay. Yeah. But nevertheless, but that was the same sort of thing Craig said from way back was, Eventually, I want to coach high school basketball. Yeah. So was that the year that Travis Brett tried out for the Pacers? Oh my God! <laughs> That's what Todd said. <laughs> did we not clear that all we up? We did. Yes, we cleared that up. Okay, from a Larry Bird cookout. You lived in Massachusetts. How could you have gotten something wrong? You are a hateful person. <laughs> Isn't there a meth lab for you to go back to? Oh, now, why, wow. why, why, why you always go to the Shots meth? Fired. Why you always go to the meth? God. Uh, let's see, uh, playyouthfootball.com. Um, you got, you're going to have your coaches show with Dwayne weekly. Anything else to plug? Well, you know, I can plug a lot of things, but, um, you know, football, I mean, it's, that's, we're in the season now and we want to do well. Um, I'm not going to make predictions. Uh, sectionals are focused. Yep. We'll get better each week. Nothing matters, but that playoffs, nobody ever remembers a whole lot of anything, yeah. but they'll remember that. Sure. We're the only program in um, Hatchet High history that hasn't won a sectional. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, and my goal is that we get one of those little gold guys in there to join the Let's case. Let's change that. Yeah. yeah, that's the whole focus. Awesome. And I think when we win sectional, you know, we're a sectional crazy mm -hmm. community, and um, everybody wants to win sectional. When you win sectional, man, it's awesome. We want to win sectional, and that's what we're going for after that. I like it. You know, There were two games with Memorial. 10, 12 years back, where they were closer, close-ish. Wasn't one of those, because one of my nephews was playing in an absolute mud. Deluge. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, it, was, it wasn't was raining. That was before it was, they put the artificial turf down there. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, it was a mess. But well, in 86, we played in, in Lowfield, Bossy's Field, yeah. and it rained the entire game. We lost that game by a touchdown. It was I always said it was 6 nothing, but the – you go to Sports Almanac, it says 7 nothing, But we lost by a touchdown my senior year in sectional to them. We were a good team. We just weren't good enough that night. And we lost 26-13 my junior year to them. Yeah. And they've, there's been a couple teams after that that competed well with them. But, with Memorial. Yeah. But um, we don't if, – if we were in sectional 32, my conversation might be look a little different. Sure. Simply because sure. sectional 32, you've got Southridge, Heritage Hills, Gibson Southern. You've, it's just a different dynamic. Well, it, it's no different in our golf sectional. We talked about we got a, Barry's got a chance to win the sectional. Now, it's because we can win our sectional, yeah. you know. When you but, look yeah. at Section 30, and it's no disrespect for the teams, but it's just a different sure. sectional. Yeah. You know, you've right. got 
Vincennes, mm-hmm. Sullivan. You got Owen Valley, Brown County, Princeton, Pike Central, Washington, and Edgewood. Yeah. Now, to have that conversation last year, and Todd knows because he heard me say it, um, you know, we, we got beat pretty bad in 19 by Edgewood, 47-18. Yeah. To go on the road. What year was that? 2019. No, I'm just trying to think the 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 game at Brownstown that was 63-3 or something like it that. Was, it was bad, yeah. But So <sighs> they'd come here and beat us pretty bad. Uh, so to be in a semifinal game, to go to Edgewood, to that beautiful stadium, the red turf, and to go on the road and to win 32-16. And, and, and the thing that was the, – the, look, Princeton was awesome, being yeah. down 20 and fighting through that and us right. being optimistic and – uh, and just believing, but that win was more special for me, not because, yes, because we're going to the sectional championship, but it was because when you went into the locker room and you looked around at all the faces and you see the Hispanic kids, the Haitian kids, the kids that have come and fought for four years, you know, and they had never really won anything. Right. And then the noob guys show up and you're looking around and everything we said about brotherhood, everything we said about four corners of the city, I mean, I'm looking at it. And we did what we said we were going to do. Yeah. And here we are playing for a championship. And we hadn't done that since 2009. Um, that, I'll never forget the looks on their faces. I'll yeah. never forget looking at different communities within our community on our team and knowing that they were part of that. Right. And then, who would have thought you'd ever see a day that Washington was ticked off that they thought they got gypped out of a football game? Yeah, right, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's exactly. let alone that. And so that I think that um, our success in the playoffs is what's built on the community enthusiasm. Um, and I think, and I really think that y- you've got it. And, and I think there's a lot of people excited about this team. So I hope, Billy, that the, the Birdies Bourbon and Basketball Podcast can be right there along with you and, and – Help spread the word, the gospel of Coach Morris. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Well, on that note, first of all, though, thank you again for the swag, the the number three jersey the for swag. the B three pod. <laughs> Amber's on the clock. That's right. She's next Coach week, DeCorsi, I gotta get some crap in here. Holy cow! Number fifteen, because we gave him his fifteen <laughs> minutes of fame. And and remember, listen every week. Dwayne will have the Joe Morris Coaches Show. Todd. Wrap us up, my man. I, I, I have nothing to say. I mean, like I said, I remember meeting Joe in uh, in February of last year, and he's done what he says he's going to right. do. That's right. Period. Mike DeCourcy, you have hey, the last word. That's been great. Uh, uh, first full week of fall sports. Really looking forward to it. And um, and I, I, I'm, I'm excited. I, it just makes – when you're invested in something, it makes the right. year go so much faster. Can't wait. Oh, I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to. Um, preview will come out probably online tomorrow in the oh, good. Tuesday paper. Is it's my daughter's deal. picture in there? It's a preview for football. Is his daughter's picture in? Well, then your daughter was in the last one. Well, I know, but just oh sure. my god, she likes you, unlike me. I know. That's what makes you two such a good team on the air. You don't really like each other that much. Just healthy tension. (laughs) Well, thanks again to Coach Morris. We appreciate it. And we are looking forward to a full season of Washington Hatchet football, North Davis football. And then we're going to start volleyball next week on the preview. So stay tuned for that on the Birdies Bourbon and Basketball Podcast.